Hello, sports fans. Welcome to an episode of A Bit Spursy, a very, very special ep that I didn't expect us to be recording with quite the uh, levity and uh, celebrations that we will be kind of having, but not quite just yet, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, my name is Barney. I'm Dan. And Barney, I'm in full celebration mode. And I know it's getting ahead <laughs> of ourselves, but oh my goodness, doesn't it feel good? Oh, yeah. It feels so good. I can't. It felt. It feels so not Tottenham. Uh, the events of the last. Uh, it's just forty-eight hours. Let alone the derby before that. It, it's fantastic. I was saying to um, a friend of mine uh, before we started recording that it's almost as if um, Spurs Conte came in and there was like a horseshoe hanging on the wall, but it was the wrong way around. And Conte was like, oh, no, you just it needs to go that the other way. Um, and they're like, oh, what? And then all of a sudden, like, things like us getting a pretty funny penalty and Arsenal losing 2-0 to Newcastle will start happening. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Because, yeah, like you say, it is non-Spursy in the, in, like, in, to the greatest degree possible. Like, you know. Yeah. It, it always just feels like, okay, we're going to stuff up against Burnley. We're going to lose here. Arsenal are going to just smash Newcastle and then it's all done. But I mean, checking my phone this morning to wake up and see, I did about, I wouldn't say a double take. I'd say like a quadruple take at the score because I was like, I didn't want to get excited and get the score the wrong way around. Mm. Um, but I was like, hang on. No, is it really? Really? And then I just checked a bunch of different sources as well. To be, no, no, no. Okay. Is this definitely confirmed? Um, but then, oh, oh, oh my goodness. Everything is just coming up Tottenham. Everything's coming up Tottenham until we lose to Norwich on the weekend. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until we just completely, uh, completely ruin it. And I guess, look, at least we do have the contingency plan that we can draw against Norwich and we still get through. Um, yeah, that's true. But this also is, you know, <laughs> if Arsenal can win and, uh, they're pretty horrible now. They are just <laughs> completely shook. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah. So if we draw and they win, we still end up in the Champions League because our goal difference is a lot better than theirs. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think it's still like seven or eight or something better. Um, actually, mm-hmm. probably more now because of the 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 dark. Well, they've conceded three, uh, five in two games. So, <laughs> oh, it's it's so it's so amazing. It's so amazing and. It's just nice now that we've got a bit of cushioning to go into this last game. And it's like, we are playing the the worst team in the league by a long, 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 long way. And they have been relegated for a while. So, I mean, if they show up and suddenly they're all just like, you know, peak Pele, I would be very, very surprised unless they're just a bunch of secret Arsenal fans. Um, mm. who try and who want to get the job done for us. Uh, like, like we had Trippier, <laughs> Trippier, who was, uh, undercover Newcastle doing his work. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that post that he put up being like, I hope you enjoyed that one or whatever it was. I'm just confirming the goal difference. Um, the goal difference between us is, uh, let me do my maths here. 13. So they need to score 13 goals against Everton. Okay. Ooh, that's uh, no, <laughs> for a second, my brain goes, mm, is that possible? And it's like, that'd be a Premier League record. <laughs> yeah. Hall. <laughs> and we'd have to get smashed by Norwich, like five deal or something. It's just, mm. um, it's really not happening. And 
It, it's kind of good because I feel like Everton are pretty much safe now, aren't they? Or like they're like there's it would take a lot for them to go down. Like I think it was the last time I checked, it was looking like they were were not really going to be re- requiring a win against Arsenal on the final day. Mm. So it looks like to me that so Everton are sixteenth on thirty six points, Leeds are seventeenth on thirty five, Burnley are eighteenth on uh, thirty four, and then. Watford and Norwich had already done. So Everton basically need to draw, I think. Oh, I think they might still, if Burnley was to, Burnley have two games in hand. Oh, sorry, have a game in hand. Actually, so they're on the same games as, no, basically it's very hard for them to get relegated, I think. Yeah, and it's good, like, you know, it would take two teams stuffing up further in Leeds and Burnley. Um, and you'd say they would both be playing for their lives, but I think surely, surely I can't see both of them winning um, and escaping there, but that's good. That's good. Like it's so much nicer to have it back in our control now. And uh, it makes it look as well. Like the point against Liverpool was a very valuable point um, for us to have. Cause now it does get us in that position where we can still draw um, on the weekend and, and that's okay. So um, in hindsight, a, a good result. I'm just so like, a part of me thinks that this is not real and this is some mm. sort of cruel simulation run by an Arsenal fan that we're all stuck mm. in and we're all just going to sort of like, you know, have the tubes pull out of our head, wake up, and it's actually going to be the complete opposite. But I, I kind of can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wake up, tubes pulled out, there's machines uh, with Arsene Wenger's face on them mining us for batteries. <laughs> like, it, it's just this horrific, <laughs> horrific world. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Um, to add to the, the um, anxiety around it being a simulation, I saw a tweet today from an Arsenal fan after the Newcastle game saying, um, guys, remember when Pep started out with this team and it was like a photo of the City team when he started and everyone laughed at him about winning the league. Well, everyone's laughing at Arteta now, but guess what? Arteta is like, he learned from Pep and he can do it. And it was like, oh, wait, you're forgetting that City have infinite money, uh, and Arteta is terrible. Uh definitely. It's like the the hot takes from Arsenal fans at the oh. moment. <laughs> so funny. Like it is just so hilarious because especially after the Burnley game for us, like that just flared up even more. Oh look at the refs wanted to give that as a handball. It's a conspiracy against Arsenal, and then it's like. Now, given that they they just stuffed it against Newcastle, it's like <laughs> yeah. going to these takes that you're talking about. It's like <laughs> it's just so funny to see. Like, all right, who you, who are you going to blame now? What are you gonna? How are you gonna talk your way out of this one? And it's like, oh no, look, City did this, and oh, this, ten years ago, this was the thing. And it's like, it's just not, it's not happening. And I really think that a lot of the sheen has come off Arteta in the last you know week or so. Um, yeah. from people who are really building him up. Yeah, they're, the, they're like the opposite. Like Spurs fans, we all argue about like how shit things can get. Like we'll be like, oh, you think this is bad? Well, you just wait until Conte leaves and then guess who's going to come replace him? Sam Allardyce. And then guess what's going to happen then? Kane's going to leave. And then guess what? Son's going to end up in a terrible accident. And then, you know, like whether theirs is like the opposite where it's like, don't, guys, we are the best. Don't worry about it, despite glaring evidence in the opposite. Uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's so funny. And 
Like, because I think when we're playing poorly and Arsenal are doing well, we don't really have a go at Arsenal. We just, yeah, we start talking about ourselves and mm. and do that. But it seems like when it's reversed, Arsenal fans just can't help themselves. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, make it all about like the positivity and talk about how much better they are than Spurs. Mm. Um, and I'm like, mm. I can't remember, you know, when Arsenal were going on a run, us sitting here and going, well, we're losing, but we're so much better than Arsenal. Like it just doesn't even enter the, into the, the, the thinking, um, but, oh, it's, it's so good. I also love anything that gets Piers Morgan angry is good. Oh yeah. yeah and he yeah. is just yeah. losing it at Arteta at the moment. And I was like, mm. Piers, you're a horrible person. And seeing you upset just brings me joy. <laughs> oh God, it's good. I should actually add to anyone following along with my feud with the pirate Arsenal fan at the pub near me. I went in the other day wearing, um, a Tottenham jumper and a Tottenham scarf. This was yesterday. Um, and uh, I ordered a jug of beer and he did serve me, but because he was the only one there and he was very unhappy about it, very disgruntled. Um, and uh, he said, how many glasses? And I said, three, zero. <laughs> and I said, oh, I mean, sorry, three, not zero. Uh, and he just was like, uh, handed the glasses to me and then walked off. Um, so if anyone's got any more nonviolent ideas of little things that, um, can be done, I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> I love that so much. I would love for this for you just to keep going, going, going. Yeah. Maybe next week, buddy, you can go in with just a little Lego set and start just playing with that. <laughs> Arteta Lego set. That would be good. It's and it's like you build, um, the press conference thing. And he's got an angry face. And then you, um, you know, those little Lego, like water droplets, you attach them to his face yeah, yeah. as tears. <laughs> so good. Uh, oh, it's just, it's just so good. Like, especially pre North London Derby, so many Arsenal fans were just getting stuck in. They were talking about, you know, their future in the Champions League next year and yeah. what they're going to do, who they're going to get in, how it's, you know, trust the process is still blah, 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 blah. But when you look at it, you got to go, they spent, I'm pretty sure something like 250 million pounds in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, they let Aubameyang go without getting <laughs> the striker in. <laughs> and I know there's like hope for like Kinkedia and he's like scored some goals for them, but it's like, he's still young and he's, he's not like an elite player at the moment by any stretch. Um, and it's like, you're in a bit of trouble. Like you've spent this much money and the squad is not that great. I know they've had some injuries, but they're still, I don't think they're like, you know, incredible revolutionary players that they're, they're really missing. Like, I think like Tierney's pretty good as a left back, but apart from that, like, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Tom's party is that great as a midfielder. Like, I don't think he's like world-class by any stretch. So I feel like, yeah, they're, um, then they're, they're not as good as Arsenal fan, fans think they are. And it's nice to sort of see that happen. And it's also nice to see that their mental fragility come out, which I really think does come down from, uh, you know, Arteta's instability as well. Oh yeah, totally. I, I, what I really enjoyed about the, obviously the best bit was us winning and not only winning, but absolutely beating the brakes off them. But it was good to see like pre in, you know, years gone by, I've known who's in the Arsenal team and I know who they are and I don't like them, but playing the Derby and, and being like, who, who's got the ball, who, who the hell's that? Like, what <laughs> does he play for them? Really? What was magic um because 
the reason why I don't know is because no one else in the league cares <laughs> about their team. None of their players are standouts. They're all pretty average. There's no one that's like the guy. And I love that. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, it feels like they're kind of still semi-riding the coattails of like the early 2000s and like your Henri Vieira type team. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. It's like they're riding off that, whereas Spurs fans, we're wanting to be so much more than what we are. Um, mm. But it's just this thing like we're kind of, we're just looking forward. They're looking back. And it's like, mm. it's like their entitlement is because like 20 years ago, they, they were, you know, had a really good team. Um, I can't believe that's 20 years ago. Like, yeah, that's wild. Or, or like, I'm sure maybe they won something in like mid to two thousands or something. So it could be like 15, but it's a long time. And it's like, they've kind of got to stop dropping this whole, like, um, this whole trophy. When was your last trophy? When was it like, cause I'm like, I don't care if you won an FA cup two seasons ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who cares about this stuff now? And I think that's why even with Spurs fans, when we're talking about stuff, it's like, I don't really care that it's like, if someone goes, you have won a trophy in 10 years and that was like the league cup. I'm like, I don't care. That does not affect me at all. It's like, it's just so much. It's just all I really care about is us being able to like, watch the, watch the team play well and enjoy that. And, uh, you know, keep moving forward. Yeah, totally. And, you know, if you cop that, like, um, oh, you guys haven't won a trophy in so long, you know, it's usually from... If it's from an Arsenal fan, it's like, well, you're pathetic. But if it's from a, a Chelsea or a, a City fan, it's like, well, cool. Well, yeah, we we haven't. But we also haven't used uh, money stained with the blood of children to get where we are. So I'm pre I don't mind. I don't mind so much that we don't have a shiny cup, <laughs> which inside it has all the memories of all uh, that's too dark. I'm not going to go there, but, um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, we rule and everyone else, they, uh, drool. That's, that's what I'm going to say instead. Can we please replace like, you know, some of the hoardings at the stadium with that? Um, just going <laughs> other, we rule and everyone else drools. Drools. Yeah. Let's get a teeth of that going. Yeah. Dare, do, whatever. We rule, everyone else drools. I imagine if the, like the Spurs shop just started going, like someone was like, Hey guys, we need new slogans. Like can't smile without you is great, but we need like, we need some new, we've got so many mugs. We've got 20,000 mugs out the back and we need yeah. a variety of slogans to go on them. Who's got some ideas? And then someone pipes up with, oh, what about we, we rule and others drool? <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> Why not? If we, if we were to ever make a bit Spursy's merch, I would want it to be a bit Spursy. We rule and <laughs> 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 drools. Buddy, I think you, you, the seed has been planted. That will happen. Um, I hope so. So mm. if anyone wants to pre-order a uh, yeah, we rule, we and, rule. Others, and others drool, um, uh, a bit spursy merch, uh, please get in touch and, yeah. uh, we'll get that happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not like, I don't know how we could add to it in the sense that we could have like, you know, when we had the, um, Carabao cup final list yeah. mugs, like <laughs> fourth place, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, or like we, like uh, Conte, <laughs> I don't know, like what are our achievements? Um, but anyway, to get onto the game, uh, the derby, um, it was magnificent. 
Um, we just, I mean, I was so nervous and, you know, they had that good period for the first 15 minutes and then you could just like the cracks were forming in the sense that holding was absolutely packing his dax every single time the ball was near <laughs> some. So like the amount of fouls that he committed before finally being sent off was ridiculous, including the one where him and Son got into a, a bit of a tussle. And when he got up, he kicked Son in the back. Like <laughs> that, I, I can't believe that has not been, I suppose, because he got sent off, but that hasn't been discussed or brought up really. Well, I think the funny thing about that is the gif that Arsenal fans share it's like a very finely edited, like half a second of it to sh- to make it look like Son is like hitting with an elbow out of nowhere and nothing. But then it's like when you watch the full clip, it's like they're tussling back and forward, and you see that that uh, that Son, it's not an elbow strike that catches holding. He's struggling to get away, but it's just so funny that like <laughs> Twitter was just a run amok with Arsenal fans. What about this? This, this isn't UFC. Well, he's Conor McGregor playing for Tottenham now. And you're like, look at the full clip, you fools. Mm. <laughs> like, it's such like, um, which I know you talk about, buddy, with like, you know, um, psychology and, and, and sort of studies and all that and like being very, very selective with the sample. It's like yeah. they are so selective with this footage to start a show like, this is a red card by Son and that's why we lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind the fact that there were two more goals scored um after this. Uh no. And and that one jumping ahead here, the fact that like, you know, at half time I imagine is saying like, you know, thing has been sent off, but we've got to pull together, we can do this, blah 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 blah. And then we come out and just immediately score a goal was hilarious. It's so good. It's so fun. I wonder what Arteta was actually saying to them at halftime or if he was in there and they're like, oh, Gaffer, you got a team talk for us? Mm. He's like, if I say what I want, I'll be banned. Yeah, for six months. <laughs> for six months. <laughs> <laughs> what? Six months? It's like, it sounds so pathetic as well of like, um, like what a, what an empty threat as well. Like, but imagine like, you know, we don't know, we got into, we're about to get into a scuffle in a dark alley and I'm like, well, if I really do what I want to do to you, I'm going to go to jail for six months. <laughs> you wouldn't be like, oh, sorry. You're so tough. I better, oh, sorry. I'm cowering. I'm so scared about this. It's just yeah. so, it's like the, the, like a kid at school who's trying to like stand up to everyone, but then has no actual threat of what they're going to do. <laughs> it's so, it's so, like, who has ever said something in an after match, a post-match interview that has got them banned for six months? Like what kind of deranged, um, horrendous spew was going to come out of his mouth that he was going to get banned for six months? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to wait for like Arteta's biography to come out in like 10 years or something. And it'll finally be a chapter on like, you know, that post-match interview. And he'll be like, now I can finally reveal, because I'm no longer coaching anymore. I can finally reveal what I was going to say in that time. And it was. We rule, you drool. (laughs) (laughs) And then everyone be like, what? What do you. You wouldn't even, people just, you wouldn't even get anything. You wouldn't even get a five <laughs> minute suspension for that, you fool. <laughs> it's so, 
Oh my goodness! Just so much posturing after the defeat. To, <laughs> to, to oh, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. And look, overall, I'm all up for managers deflecting from teams when they have a bad performance by calling out something. But um, like, if that's what they're going to do to try and like rally with their players, fine. But it was so blatant that like Arsenal played so badly in that game mm. that. It's like the manager just seems completely detached from any sort of reality when you have that sort of response to something. So that's why I think you look at it and you go like, now this is just unprofessional. It's just pathetic. It's not like it was a questionable decision and you lost one nil and then fine, fine. If you draw on a pile on the media onto that, it was just like, you just look at it and you just feel like yuck for him. You feel sad for this guy. Yeah. Well, it's. I saw someone make a comment about, oh, that's Arteta's inexperience. And I think that's somewhat true in the sense that he, like, when Mourinho or Pep does it or Klopp does it even, you know, with we were laughing about Klopp's um, complaints last week and, you know, how we didn't play real football. But they're done in a way that, like, there is some art to – they could be stupid, but there's at least some art to why it's happening and – there's some consideration as to how it fits, whether this was like, um, he's seen dad do it. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to give this a crack and just miss the mark completely. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, try to do the same thing, but the, just the technique was just all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as was his management on the day. So uh, again, that's, that's consistent. Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, I think you're right though. Like you see someone like Klopp, he'll take something and he'll just blow it out of proportion. Like, mm. well, they sit back and do this and we go, we don't sit back and do this. We can show you. Um, but it's like, there is just like, you can see why from a warped perspective, you know, he could go down that path. Whereas this, it was just like, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And I've rewatched like the, the holding like Son battle from how it first started. And I think it is horrendous management from Arsenal and from Arteta not to just after one or two of those challenges from holding, if you are a decent manager, you you sort of like get the message across to him very, very clearly. Hey, Rob, chill, chill out, dude, because this is not good for 10 minutes into a game. You really settle down, settle down. It also shows that like their team, like when Granite Shaka is like the captain and he's an absolute nutcase and has like four reds this season or three reds or something like that. Oh no, like he's at least got a couple of reds. Um, but like, there's no one to say, hey, Rob, chill, chill, chill. Come, 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 come. We need to manage this game. Um, and it's just just completely lost the plot. Yeah. It, <laughs> or even be like, okay, this isn't working. We need to uh, swap uh, uh, centre-backs around. We need to do something different here. This isn't working. And also the weird choice to have Ben White on the bench who wasn't fit enough to play a minute. Like, why was he on the bench? If when you actually have a centre back go off because they've been sent off, instead of restructuring, it's just like uh, he's just there because it, so that they're like, oh, Ben White's going to come on, but he won't. <laughs> he won't. That'll throw him. It's like, what? What? It's also so funny. It's like because they don't have like a decent forward or anything who could be like the scary player sitting on the bench, like you know, like previously, like when like when Aguero was in his like final sort of time at Man City where he was playing on the bench a lot and like, well, they could bring Aguero on and he could still do something where you've got like, well, they could bring Ben White on and he could <laughs> help stop conceding some goals. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not the sort of substitution that's suddenly going to get them back in a game or, 
or really have any like huge impact from the... <laughs> um so I, I, you're right it was just so so ridiculous but you know I, i'm glad that they rested ben white because you know he had to get his shooting boots on and score a beautiful own goal this morning and i know <laughs> yeah. we're going to get onto the newcastle game a bit later on but um yeah like it's 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 so it's so ridiculous and yeah, Ben White is, you know, a decent Premier League centre-back, but he's not this elite world-class player that is suddenly going to pull the team together with his, um, you know, with his presence. Yeah, totally. Um, How much did your heart sink when you saw the lineup and Romero was not on it? Oh, my, it was, that was the, like, the all-no oh, moment, I think. Mm-hmm. And because I think we also need to make clear, by like, we were watching this, at live at like 4.45 in the morning. Yeah. Um, I managed to get a couple of hours sleep beforehand, which I was very surprised about. But when I woke up, I was still in like a little bit of a daze um, mm. as I started watching it. But to wake up and see, oh yeah, um, Sanchez is in instead of Romero, that was like, oh no, oh no, please no. Oh no, it's happening. It's happening again. Uh, did you have the same reaction? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was... I didn't get a, any sleep before. And then when the lineup came out, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so early in the morning slash late. And I'm going to watch a game where our three center backs are uh, Davies and Dyer and Sanchez. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, Davies and Dyer have had great years, but like harking back to previous times of those being our choices, I was like, this is so bad. Um, Romero is the one that pulls this together. <laughs> um, but he was good. He did pretty good. Oh, I thought he was like fantastic, especially for a player who has not played regularly for a long time. And I think his first start was back in January or maybe Feb. So mm. like it was, it was really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it kind of, it, it's, a, it's a weird one because like when we bought, um, Sanchez, we were like, yep, yeah, he's. 40 million pounds or so or mm. whatever, 42 million, I think. And now we were thought, sort of like, you know, we can sell him, we can move him on, we can do that. But it's like, if we still got a decent offer for him, I think we would sell him. But mm. maybe until we really start like replacing a bunch of players, like he doesn't need to be first out of the door, given that he is like the backup for that Romero position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would rather us obviously buy another backup and sell him, um, given his track record. But like, if this is how he plays when he comes in, uh, that then he's a very fine backup for Romero. I think that's the advantage. We're finally after seasons and seasons and seasons of not having this of, you know, teams like city or, um, even, even Chelsea, maybe not so much now, but Liverpool as well have this like, plug and play role system where you know you practice in that role because you know that's the role that you will play and so then when you come into the team if you've been out for a while you know exactly what you're doing rather than having to come in and then sort of adjust to playing a game again you've you're you're already have a really strong basis to go and you can rotate the team uh in a much more effective way if you have players on the bench that know exactly what they're going to be doing um so that was awesome Oh, definitely. And I th- I think as well that this sort of shows having the stability, and this is still, I guess, a long-term concern just about how we're sort of setting up in the sense that um, you've got like, say, Klopp in Liverpool. He's been there, what, six, seven years? Um, 
And now it's like they can sort of bring through youngsters and they can go for youth players who fit the model of play that they want and fit the system that they play. And so therefore it's like, cool, the young center backs they're looking at are ones that can play in their system. Whereas because we've chopped and changed so much over the last few seasons, it's almost like our younger players coming through and even some of our squad players, they don't really 100% fit what we're doing. Um, mm. So it's like we know Conte is a short-term manager and it seems like he's kind of in to, to, to try and win something then out. But then I wonder if it's like if after Conte, that's when we're looking for sort of like another project manager where we ideally really want them to hang around for a long time and again then start building up, you know, I guess some sort of profile of player that we're consistently looking for. Yeah, totally. I think that's good. Um, I, I think it was after the Burnley game, Conte said, uh, you know, I, I love my, I'm loving my time here. I love Tottenham. The fans deserve um, success. I want to bring this success to Tottenham, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I want to set a timer between him saying that and when the next article comes out about him leaving, like, and just see how long <laughs> the gap is. Um, because it seems like he said that like five times since he's been here. And yet there is this persistent media uh, fixation with him leaving. It's bizarre. It wouldn't surprise me if there are like, they write drafts of these things and they just have them sitting there ready to go. And so it's like, as soon as Conte says anything and he's like, Oh, when went out for dinner last night, very good. And then they'll just be like, Oh, Bull, bull. Went out for dinner, had Italian. Reminds him of his homeland. He's going to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just like they just have a range of topics where it's like, cool, we can work this back into the huge narrative of Conte wants to leave. Um, mm. And, yeah, it's it's just sort of ridiculous because even the comments now, like for everything he's saying, people are like, oh, Conte's going to walk, going to walk, got to stop him walking. And you're like, what? Like... What signs have you seen that this is a guy who's thinking of walking right now? I haven't seen any. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I just don't see. I mean, also, probably, we're probably going to finish in the Champions League, which is funny. It's such a funny goal under Conte because of his really poor record in the Champions League that it, obviously it's important for money um, and status and blah, 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 blah. But in terms of this manager in the Champions League, it's like, We'll probably go out in the group stage. Or we'll probably go out after the, you know, what is it, the round of 16 after that? Yeah. Um, like, that's mo most likely what's going to happen given his track record. But also we're like, we must be in the Champions League, otherwise he's <laughs> going to leave. It's like, well, <laughs> is he? Like, it, I don't think so. The other thing that fascinates me is like, unless you're in the Champions League, you do not uh, attract the kinds of players um, that you would want. And I just don't think... That, like, I think players would like to play in the Champions League, sure, for their own profile. But, like, if if a team like, well, I mean, Newcastle is going to be an interesting experiment because they're not anywhere near the Champions League, and I bet you they're going to sign some pretty big players, mm. um, like, regard because it's going to be about money, and you know, like these guys have got fifteen years to earn as much money as they can. I don't know if they're going to be going, I choose to play for a club and get paid uh, very little, but we're in the Champions League. Then if they can go somewhere and get a lot of money, because usually the teams that are in the Champions League are also the teams that have lots of money. So like, I just don't think you could really separate. I think it's a myth is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I, I think there's, it's definitely in terms of the priorities as you're laying out, like it's not the, I don't think it's the top one for players because if you just want Champions League, well then go and play for like Rosenborg or something and, you know, go play in Switzerland for Basel. Like, you know, move to a team that is, you know, one of these sort of big, big fish in a small pond and they're always going to be qualifying for Champions League, uh, but never going to get close to doing anything actually in it. So I agree that I think that, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of positives for tot for for moving to Tottenham, like you know moving to London, being in like you know a big metropolitan city, um, you know actually playing at a club which has really good training facilities, a really nice stadium, like all those things to go to you know day in day out, um, are great to be able to work with Conte, who is held in such high regard in the footballing world, and players would love to like experience playing under him, and then also getting a you know a decent um, a decent little little paper, I was going to say paper bag under the table, like we're doing dodgy payments here, but I mean, just, just a decent little, you know, paycheck to go home with. Like, I think they are the main things like you're saying. And then the Champions League is the bonus. And there might be some players that if you're already at a club, who's constantly playing Champions League, that might be a thing for you. Like if you're coming from Madrid or something and you're like, well, yeah, I want to really kind of go to a Champions League club because that's just my baseline level. Fine. Mm. But if you're not that, I, I don't think it uh, is as big a deal as people make it out to be. Yeah. Can you imagine, okay, picture this. You're in Daniel Levy's office. You've just signed uh, for Tottenham. Um, and you've, you know, you're, you're happy to be there. Um, and then Daniel Levy says, Dan, thanks so much for signing for Tottenham. Here's a little something under the table. And he passes <laughs> you a paper, crinkled up paper bag. And you, you're like, what is, it doesn't feel like, what is this money? And you pull out and it's a tiny figurine of Daniel Levy. What would you do? <laughs> and he looks at you expectantly, like, how cool is this? How do you respond? Uh, I would probably pull that out the bag and then just start putting him on the table and playing with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, like, I, I think that's the only way you could, I would actually, I, if I was a footballer and that happened to me, I would find that hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think it would be, yeah. What would you do? Like, I, I feel like you, 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 you have to enjoy it. I, d I dive immediately out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I just signed five years of my life away to this man who thought it was appropriate to give me a tiny figurine <laughs> of himself. I guess it, maybe it depends what club, it's that because like, if you do go to like, you know, a second division Dutch club, you'd be like, Oh wow, this chairman's eccentric. Um, yeah. um if <laughs> like you just go, they give you a tiny little windmill or something. You're like, Oh, well, okay. That's fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> play with it. Play. Come on. Have a little play yeah. with it. Go spin the wheel, spin, spin the wheel, the propeller, spin it. The wheel spins. It actually <laughs> spins. <laughs> And then a little bit of cheese just dispenses out the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, probably look, if you're signing like, you know, a couple hundred grand a week <laughs> to go play Tottenham and the chairman gives you a, a miniature figurine of themselves, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you'd think it's a really odd power move, wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay. So what if then after that you're in the canteen and from what we've seen from the documentary, Daniel Levy doesn't seem to leave that canteen. He's always in there. Right, and everyone's in there eating their no mayonnaise, no ketchup meals. And Daniel Levy comes up to you every single time you go in there and he says, you played with that figurine yet? 
Uh, and then <laughs> I love, and then eventually he just he gives you another one, which is like a, yeah. it's a Conte one, but it's it's definitely shorter than the Daniel Levy one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he just gradually just starts doing that, and it's like every figurine he gives you is smaller than him. <laughs> so, um. It would be great. I'd love the idea if there was like a little playpen at the training ground and, and Daniel Levy makes the plays go and play. In it. <laughs> the other thing, aside from the figurines, you know, in the, in the documentary, how there's so many scenes where Daniel Levy like comes in and like sits side saddle on Mourinho's desk and he's like, Hey Jose, how are you? What's going on? Can you imagine him doing that to Conte? Hey Conte, but fuck off. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I would hope he would still try it though. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't be too put off by it. And I wonder if like there would be like, I mean, by all accounts from, for what we've seen, I actually think Daniel would be like relatively personable if you went up and met him, but still yeah. there are those moments of awkwardness. Like when he is talking to, um, I think when Bergwijn's on the phone to like, mm. and he's like chiming in with things and everyone's like, yeah. wait, what, what was, sorry, what was that? He's like, oh, you better do well for him. Um, yeah. and so I think there would be those moments that would definitely happen with like Conte is just sitting at his desk, Daniel Levy comes in. Yeah. And he just like, you know, puts his leg up and then they would have this like awkward pause where like he, Daniel Levy didn't really have a question for him. He just wanted to kind of hang out. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to see him. So Antonio, what are you, uh, Oh, Oh, you're going to, we're going to play squash after track. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I better get back to it then. And (laughs) I'm sure you have just so many, um, things like that. However, I do think Levy would probably want to hang out with Antonio, um, a little bit more. Like, I feel like Paratici and Antonio would, they'd often just be going off to like do their own little thing. And like Daniel Levy would kind of be left out. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Hence why he started making the figurines. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a Paratici one. He's got a Conte one and a him one. And he's got all these sets that's just like at a bar. Uh. <laughs> imagine if you just imagine if like you you uh you end up like rock you, you you've got a meeting with Daniel Levy you're a little bit early and then his mm. secretary's gone oh you're just just uh head into the office you know he's in there but he's actually gone out to the bathroom um and you just go in there and on his table is a little like a little bass like he, maybe he's got the canteen set up in miniature form <laughs> yeah. and he's got himself there <laughs> and then it's like all the players are like facing him and like bowing yeah. on the ground or something. <laughs> like, oh, that, that's the sort I, of stuff you'd love it. to see. In, I can like, see it. I you'd can love see to it. see that in Anything. like all or nothing. Um, having something like that, and like, oh yeah, oh you're who's the greatest chairman ever? You are Daniel. You <laughs> are. <laughs> Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and, it sounds like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love, uh, you know, creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs 
Smurfs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you like to do that, uh, please head to patreon.com slash a bit Uh The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. Um, I I wanted to like, I was so, in, obviously on TV, you can't tell the, you know, because there's been so many comments about how loud the stadium was and how good the atmosphere was. And you can't, like, it sounded loud on TV, but it wasn't, you know, it sounded maybe a bit louder than, than normal, but I, you can't really like experience it. And for me, Conte, you know, being in this position where, as we've spoken about at length on this podcast before that we've got the training ground, we've got the stadium, you know, like we've got the facility, it, everything's like built and ready to go for success. And then you come into this stadium that has 63,000 people in it, all chanting your name and loving the fact that you're there and, you know, things are going well. You'd think that it would be pretty hard to go, mm, no, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm out of here. I don't like when they say my name. <laughs> I hate hearing it. <laughs> yeah. But having, having said that, I, I don't know if you caught this, um, but when Kane scored the penalty, um, Conte, there was a shot of Conte and he just turns around completely dead-eyed expression like kind of barrels the camera, but he's, he, I don't think he realizes that's what he's doing. And there's the tiniest little like fist pump. And it is the most stone cold thing I've ever seen in my entire life. No, I missed that. I, I didn't. Oh, it's good. You should go that. back and just watch it for that. It is unreal. That, oh, is it, um, is it better than the, um, Doherty's little fist pump he gave to himself against City earlier in the season? <laughs> yeah. Well, Doherty's little fist pump was great. Like that was, you know, like good on him. Yeah. This was like. Oh my God, do you hoard souls? Okay. Like what the <laughs> hell? So I guess Doherty was, was more like a little kid getting excited. Whereas yeah. Conte was just like very, very stone cold killer. Yeah. Like, yes. Just very quietly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, which, and then obviously for the next two goals, he went absolutely bananas, uh, which I loved then in his interview. And he was like, Arteta needs to learn to calm down. I was like, What? <laughs> so good it's like look when it's our own manager contradicting themselves hilarious <laughs> when it's another one we'll get stuck into them but it, it did seem so funny of like he needs to control his emotions a little bit um and then you know we lose a game that we <laughs> we should win and it's like what's this club doing what's it's ridiculous we've tried to play football <laughs> or we try to just sit around and shit <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right man for this job. I don't know if I should be a manager anymore. I should leave. I should go. I should go into a hut and I should just sit there until I die. Like, like, can't I? It's, it's not that bad. So it's, it's all right, Conte. It's fine. But, but like, and it's like, even, you know, when he, he says that stuff and he's like, you know, to be honest, I need a couple of days to come down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I turn it straight off the game, and it's like, no, you must be more calm. He's, uh, yeah. he's a not experienced manager. <laughs> I loved also that that quote ends with, that is my advice for him. I don't um, have any, you know, I, I think he's good. That is my advice. He can listen to it or he cannot listen to it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, whoa. 
This is great. It's uh, mm. <laughs> oh, it's it's so it's so amazing. I think that's why, like, even though Conte is sometimes frustrating with how he talks and um, what he says, like, you know, when he does, you there are certain times where you're like, oh, Antonio, do you really have to say that right now? Mm. Um, but I think overall, the net value is of is entertaining that we get from mm. him, and. Um, He's great. Like he seems very chill. Like it's it's really interesting. Like he seems very chill and he smiles a lot in a lot of these sort of like midweek um press conferences and things like that. Um I think it's like yeah, I like him. Overall, I really like him um mm. as a manager. And I like how he acts, even if that sometimes is a, seems a little bit over the top. But mm. I would much rather that than um Yeah, I think the good thing is that at least he doesn't drag the players over the coals like Jose was doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's, he's definitely a character and, um, yeah, I, I love managers that provide us with a little bit of entertainment value. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he does. It's like in contrast to, uh, poor old Nuno, <laughs> who was one of the most boring, uh, interviewees I've ever seen. Like we get fireworks every now and then. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, talking about fireworks, did you see at the end of the Burnley game when, uh, we were waiting for the whistle to go and Conte ran onto the pitch screaming at the ref? Yes. <laughs> and I love that. It's like, he got maybe like 10 meters on the pitch and then he was like, actually, actually we won. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. It's like his um, it's like his emotions have like a lag to them. There's like a mm. five second delay where he's like he's still livid from the game because I think it was like supposed to be four minutes of extra time and it was like ninety five minutes and whatever seconds yeah they were called. But it was so funny seeing him storm on and then it's like okay no 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 and then he went up and hugged I think it was whoever was closest to him at the time. Yeah, it was Pierre. It was hilarious because you can see in his from his back. You can see him. He's yelling, yelling, yelling. And then you see the point where he's like, we won. (laughs) (laughs) We won. This is okay. Okay. Yeah, no, this is fine. This is fine. fine. We won. Maybe he remembered his own advice to Arteta at that exact moment. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe there is a little Antonio inside his head, which just often gets overruled. But sometimes he listens to that and it's like, Antonio, calm down, calm down. Calm down. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there something in just before halftime, just after the penalty, there was a bit of back and forth between Antonio and whoever the hell the Burnley manager is. There was something happening on the sidelines. Michael Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? His name's Michael Jackson. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, you're making a joke. I was like, what? Because I remember once he got appointed, um, just seeing a lot of Twitter fans started making jokes about uh, how he was going to bring through a lot of youth prospects and blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's where I clocked it. Like this guy's name was Michael Jackson, but I've seen that now he seems to have changed that to go by Mike instead. Uh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. There was some altercation and I was like, is Conte going to get another yellow card? <laughs> like how many is he allowed to get in a row? Yeah. Um, but I don't think he didn't. Um, I, I feel like they were going on about the penalty still. Like they were, uh, it was something about that, that they were just like furious that that had happened. Um, 
and like, yeah, I haven't seen like confirmation on exactly what it was, but I feel like that's what it was because the Burnley stuff did seem pretty livid that that was awarded. Mm. Um, and, but I just love that instead of like Antonio just brushing it off and just being like, yeah, no, fine. He's like snapping back at them. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like if we had that penalty go against us, I'd be pretty annoyed, but it, because it was for us, I don't care. Um, and thought it was fair enough. Uh, don't, don't, don't have your arm up. <laughs> like <laughs> Barney, are you trying to say that like Sanchez's knee wasn't going to be a perfectly chipped, like <laughs> shot into the top corner and it was stopping a goal? Yeah. Of, like True. I can't possibly know. Can I? So. I, I do agree with you though. Like, and, but I think we've had those calls go against us. Like Liverpool, oh, sorry, yeah. um, not Liverpool, uh, against Newcastle uh, last season mm. or even the season before now. But when um, Andy Carroll headed it into like dire when he wasn't even like, it was turned around. Mm. So I think it's like, we've had those decisions go against us in the past. So to mm. see one go our way, it's like, I agree with you. If that was ruled against us, we'd be quite annoyed, but we'll take it <laughs> at that stage. Mm. And when you do look at the replay, like, I don't know what Ashley Barnes is doing with his arm there anyway. And I think that really is the saving grace that his arm is not in a remotely natural position. Like, mm. it's ridiculous where it is. And I think mm. that's really just the reason why we kind of got away with it. I think if his arm was even down like 30 centimeters um, and it was just a little bit away from his body, we might not have been given that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think because there were a couple of players behind him, Burnley players, that were doing a similar thing. And I think they were appealing for a free, um, but the ref didn't give it because it wasn't one. And then because of that, his arm was out when it, yeah, when it hit him. Yeah. But like, hey, we'll take, at this stage of the season, we'll take rubbish calls. like Oh, for sure. Or like, we'll take borderline calls um, mm. and... You know, sometimes you need that, you need a bit of luck to fall your way. Um, mm. You need those things to happen because in the Burnley game, it looked like, honestly, I thought we just looked quite tired. But having said mm. that, I thought we didn't play well, but like we, we looked better than I thought we would given how tired I think the squad was. I expected us to be a mess and uh, we far exceeded my expectations of that. And we had lots of... Um, I think we finished with 21 shots and eight on target to their one. Yeah. Um, and we like, you know, Pope pulled out some amazing saves. Um, and there were things, you know, like Kane missed one that he would usually bury. Son missed one that he'd usually bury. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and it felt scary. Uh, but I actually found, ended up finding this a lot more stressful than the North London Derby because, you know, the North London Derby was over by about 50 minutes. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm now I'm just freaking out about, uh, Norwich, but you would just think, having said that they did, didn't they beat us like two seasons ago? Um, oh, they, they might have, or there was that game. It was a weird one that. Yeah, they nicked it at the end or we drew at the end or something like that. Mm. But uh, I think we'll be fine. Like, we've got a whole week as well now. And also for this game, like like you said, Kane missed one. But I think Kane actually had a couple of opportunities that he should have done a bit better with. Um, like, he mm. had one clear-cut one, but he also had a couple of other shots, which he just kind of pulled them wide. And, and, that's, and I think if we got one or two of those goals in the first half, people wouldn't have thought that we played that badly. Like, yeah. 
Um, plus, there's also the fact that we had like four players, I think, who had some sort of food poisoning. Um, Can you believe it? Can you believe it? And yeah, and like it was when you hear that, and I only heard that after the game because like, which is which is good because if I heard that before the game, I would have gone back into my mode of like, oh no, it's happening again. <laughs> um, but it was, I think it was uh, Decky was one. He was the, you know the most high profile one. Um, Harry Winks was another one, which he was probably like telling all these mates like, yeah, no, I didn't play because I had food poisoning. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I, I would have been probably starting. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Harry Wick, like as if, <laughs> or he would have been like, a couple of people would be like, oh, I feel really sick. I think I got food poisoning, and he'd be like, Me too, yeah. <laughs> me too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's why I wasn't good in training today, Gaffer. Oh, yeah, food poisoning. Ooh. I got a weak tummy. <laughs> um, and then I think the other ones, I'm not sure who they were, but there were two other. I think two other ones were maybe some of the younger players. But it meant that mm. we had two goalkeepers on the bench. Yeah. Um, and, oh, no, uh, sorry, Galini was one who also had food poisoning. Um, oh. Yeah, which is, I think, why we then had Brandon Austin on the bench as well, so that we had mm. a backup keeper if, like, oh, and, and and Hugo, that's right. And Hugo was the was the other, and Hugo seemed fine. And he, he also had a fever and stuff before the game as well. Um, but I just love the idea that it's like, well, if Galini's sick, why do we have Galini and then Austin? Like, are we going to go, all right, Hugo's sick. We've got to take him off. Let's bring Galini on. Oh, no. He's shit himself. Okay, we've now <laughs> got to bring Austin on um, instead of him. So it was a little bit weird, but we had a very youthful uh, youthful bench, which also meant that our good friend Matthew George Craig was also in the squad. Yeah. Future captain of the club. <laughs> Who well, I, I don't even know what position he plays. I looked it up just before. He's apparently a defensive midfielder and he's uh -huh. Scottish um, mm -hmm. and he's 19. So he's a bit older, older than what I thought he would be. Um, but I literally know nothing else about him. It's a name I've never seen before, apart from the last two games where he's been on the bench. <laughs> um, I did see when there was um, some scuffling going on in the Burnley game, Galini was on the bench and he, he, as soon as it started, he just stood up. <laughs> and, like, and it just makes me think, I was like, you're you're not playing because we don't want to pay any money for you. Yeah. Um, you know, you're there as Paratici's mate. And then also you seem to be there as some kind of enforcer slash um, like team spirit dude. <laughs> and like, it's just so funny to me that I don't now want him to leave because <laughs> like his vibe it's so funny oh it's and he was also the one after the arsenal game that he was consoling son because when son was looking unhappy on the on the pitch like walking around after the game galini was up arm around him and like chatting him up so like i'm yeah. i'm hoping that somehow galini just has this like epiphany and goes you know what maybe i'm not a top level player and then Spurs can offer him, you know what? Do you just want to come and be a staff member here? <laughs> and you yeah. can just be kind of like just the morale guy <laughs> in the dressing room <laughs> and and on the bench. Like we've got the the enforcer in um, Alan Dixon. The guy looks like a hitman. And yeah. <laughs> what I don't understand is that I don't necessarily see this with other clubs. Like apparently he's a player liaison. Now my understanding of player liaisons is they help players like find houses and help them and that sort of stuff. Why does he walk the players like from the bench to make sure they go on the pitch? <laughs> like, cause he's, he's still been there consistently home or away. He's always there. 
Um, but I feel like you could have a really nice team balancing off each other where you've got um, Alan Dixon and uh, Galini as a kind of like, you know, good cop, bad cop type thing and just have them looking after the players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way. It's so funny that we, we do have like some kind of bodyguard uh, enforcer that stands near Conte. Um, and he kind of got called into action in this game. But like, I just, I must be some like sports psych mentality thing. I don't know what, why he would be there otherwise. Um, because it doesn't make any sense unless it's COVID protocols, like why, um, our good friend Paratici's on the bench. Yeah. Well, and he's not sitting up. But I think he's actually, I think Dixon has actually been around for a long time, like actually on the bench and in, in about it. Cause oh. I've seen some footage of him from preseason tours, like years ago, like even early potch days. And there's like one where I think Son and Delhi prank him as, and they act as if one of them is like someone running up to attack the squad. And then like Dixon just switches on instantly. Cause I think he's like X S A S or something. And he just like switches on instantly and goes to like tackle them. And then like realizes it's Sonny um, mm. just having a laugh. But I think maybe his role has just been more um, like formalized. Like instead of a track suit now, they're like, no, you wear a jacket now. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be nicely dressed. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm just looking at uh, talking about Sonny looking dejected after the game because he wanted to score more goals. He's one behind Salah now, and Harry Kane is fourth. That is wild. It's it's so wild. And I saw some takes on Twitter of, of people going like, "No, nah, that is rubbish from Conte to take off Son. Like we should have tried to bury Arsenal." like really embarrass them and go six, seven nil and then send them to Newcastle and do that, this, that, and everything else. And we need it. Like Son could have had a few goals. Like that's rubbish. And you're just like, what are you talking about? Like, I think it was the right call to take Son off, even though he was obviously disappointed to catch Salah. But like looking what's happened, it was the right thing to do. And I do think that like, there is a chance like Norwich could concede a few goals this weekend. Like I'm sure they won't want to go out of the league being completely thumped, but Son can definitely get a couple of goals in this game. Um, but I don't know how you feel about this. I don't really mind if he doesn't win golden boot this season, because I think this is the first year he's kind of really been in the conversation and mm. it would make him so much hungrier next year. If he hasn't won it um, to really kind of give it a crack and like playing in this system with Conte for a full season, like Con Son could almost get to 30 goals. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I don't care whether he gets a golden boot or not. And sure, it'd be nice for him to get it. But at the end of the day, whatever, doesn't matter. And the fact that the people that are like, that's unbelievable, we should have buried Arsenal and you shouldn't have taken Son off and that's so bad. That's the reason why they're not a manager of a, of a professional football club. Because <laughs> you don't go into games and try and win games in the future, which are important to win, being the reward of, you know, achieving the award of the Champions League, where you go... Yeah, let's really let's really get them today. Let's get them. <laughs> it's like no, take the players off because we need to rest them because we have a game in like what was it like thirty six hours or something stupid. Yeah, <laughs> um, what, that is just so dumb. Like, <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, and we're not going to get like. Imagine if we got to the end of um, next week and we're like, you know what, we finished fifth, but Son got the golden boot. That's really yeah. good. Son got golden boot. That's all we cared about. Great. Awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's going to care about that? Like that's exactly, that's not what we need. And I think deep down Son doesn't actually 
he doesn't actually care. Like he, he cares to an extent, but like, you know, he gets over things very quickly and he's mm. such a team player overall that I think that's not going to really worry him. Like the player that I feel bad for is Stevie. <laughs> like, yeah. You'd think Stevie coming up to the Burnley game and then, you know, the, the club dietitian was just like, Hey everyone, there's four players who are feeling really sick. Um, mm-hmm. One of them's Kulisevsky. Like Bergwijn would surely be like, all right, come on. <laughs> like, mm. Just chuck me on the right, Antonio. Just let me do something. Mm. I'm so fresh. I've, I I don't feel even remotely tired. Um, but I think it's now very clear that like Bergwijn is going to be moved on. Um, yeah. Which I think is, I feel a bit sorry for him. I think that we, we still could have gotten a bit more out of him and um, he could have been a bit more useful. But yeah, I don't feel sorry for Sonny. He's, he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I, it was so damning that after Lucas's terrible game uh last time he started that he then started again and it was like are you serious what is he gonna do like he's gonna run which he did all game like when he was on he just ran straight at the Burnley defense got past one player and then would lose the ball and then we would have to restart the move because then we'd have to get the ball back and it was so annoying and it's like Stevie doesn't do that like play him um, but you know, as Conte says, apparently he's a number nine and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it sucks. And, um, I'll be sorry to see him go because he, I think you're totally right. We could have got more out of him than we have. Um, but hopefully also Kulisevsky is, uh, back to full, uh, health this week, <laughs> which I assume he will be. Cause I mean, he played. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it looks like he's fine. I feel like it's going to take a lot to take Kulisevsky down. He seems pretty resilient. Yeah. Um, the thing I find really funny too is just all these comments about, um, again, from Arsenal fans, just talking about how Saka is better than Kulisevsky. Um, yeah. And again, it's such a weird thing to hang your hat on after losing a game. Just being like, well, do you know what? Saka's better than Kulisevsky. And you're like, I think Sessignon kind of pocketed Saka in that game. <laughs> and like, why is that the thing you're going for now? It's like, yeah, Saka's young. He could be, he could end up being better than that. Like, I don't know. But to just be like, so like, well, at least we've got Saka and Kulisevsky's crap. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like, um, okay, whatever. Sure. <laughs> sure. Just got to let them scream into the void sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Is it time for our uh, favourite um, voyeuristic activity? What's he been doing? What's he up to? Paratici. Paratici watch. Yes, back for another Paratici watch. Uh, hello. Um, and... Uh, Barney, what did you want to lead with for Paratici? <laughs> I had nothing. Um, all I had was <laughs> that I know that someone had brought up on the Discord that they said, oh, did you catch Paratici there? And there was a shot of him uh, just yelling at one point. <laughs> but it was one of those funny yells where he wasn't even sitting forward in his chair. He was kind of sitting backwards and just bellowing. Um, and that was quite funny. But um, apart from that, I haven't seen him. Yeah. I think it was, um, it was a little bit, it's been a bit disappointing with the Paratici watch. I was, I thought we were going to get some excellent footage around the Arsenal game, excellent footage around Burnley game, two home games. Um, mm. we might need to give another comb through of like the Conte cam footage. Um, mm. sometimes <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we need to like write to the club and sort of be like, Hey, can we get like advanced access to Conte cam? 
Um, because <laughs> yeah. when it comes out, like on the Tuesday, Wednesday, we've already recorded and sometimes we, and we can't really do Paratici watch effectively without Conte cam. Mm. So can you just yeah. help us out? This is really, really important to us. Um, mm. but I, I, we might be able to find something, but maybe cause things haven't been going badly. It's like, we haven't seen Paratici really like pipe up that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like we need to contact the club and say, yeah, Conte Watch is great. Ha, yeah, he goes bananas. Yeah, great. But we actually, what we really want is a GoPro uh, on the seat in front of Paratici with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, look, Barney, we should put the call out there. Uh, maybe we should post an ad on whatever sort of job boards they have in London and just like, hey, mm. we're looking for someone. Um, <laughs> all you need to do is probably already be a season ticket fan because we don't want to shell out for someone's like season mm. tickets. Um, mm. And say so you need to be closest to Paradici and we want you mm. to just film him the whole game. So we've actually got something to work with here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God. Yeah. The, we, uh, Paratici watch it shone bright and burnt out quickly. Uh, um, uh, it'll be back. It'll be back in, in, it will, it will. In full yeah, it's set. simmering. It's simmering at the moment. I, I think what Paratici needs to do is he needs to hire the um whoever is responsible for making um Emerson Royale's comps. Um, oh yeah. And I love Royale's comps so much that like because I didn't realize that he does preview game comps as well. Um, <laughs> and post game it's so good. And it's like the other thing I love so much about it is like every tune is like a 50 cent track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just so funny that it's like this is an artist who has not been relevant for like 10, 15 years. <laughs> mm. And he just, every single preview and post game thing, it's always to like, uh, <laughs> you can find me in the club. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's good. It's so good. So Paratici needs his own, his own promo team to really sort of step up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, um, that's another suggestion we can make. Uh, maybe when we send the medal over, um, <laughs> we can have a list of suggestions. I feel like we would very quickly become like they'd they'd add a filter into their inbox of like all right these guys are lunatics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are but just unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Finally, Barney will finally get over to the stadium for a game, and we'll just be not yeah. we'll be on like the blacklist and not let in. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, oh no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're like, what have we done? Um, it's like you sent yeah. us like a bowl of goop and said, here's the medal, which we don't even <laughs> yeah. know what you're talking about. And then you request <laughs> like very close surveillance footage of Paratici. <laughs> Daniel Levy does not own small figurines yeah. of himself. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone through your podcast, all right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can, you know how people when they like, very unfortunately buy tickets that are fakes and they get done by a scalper mm. and the club I've seen the club sends them a letter with like basically nothing in it. It's like, well, you contact the police, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. I feel like we would go to go in, they would say, no, you're lunatics. You're not coming in here. And then we would get a letter <laughs> later, <laughs> but it'll be about calling the police on, our, yeah. on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, look, if that's what our role has to be in the Tottenham story, then so be it. <laughs> that's fine. We're team players. Um, oh, speaking of the medal, should we uh, should we vote? Yeah, we should. It's the Abit Spurs medal man. Who will get votes? Who will get votes? Who 
looking pretty poorly. The most romantic medal in sports. Wow. The most romantic medal in sports now has the most romantic intro. <laughs> yeah. In podcasting. We are... Um, we are... Whoa. I reckon we're like one button away from, you know, those like morning radio shows with like Stinky and the dog. We'll get that. Like it will eventually get to that stage. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and who knows? That might be a good place. It might not be. <laughs> it's like, I don't think it would be a good place, but uh, well, I think we're, we're almost at the precipice, but we're, I think we're still in safe territory. Yeah. yeah I think, I think it, we're okay. Um, okay. So let's do uh, North London uh, Derby first. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, I'm going to give... Um, ooh, oh, goodness me. It's hard to choose. So many good <laughs> players. I'm going to give 10 to Conte. Um, um, because the way he set up was great. He managed the game well. I'm going to give two to uh, Hoybier. Um, and I'm going to give one to Sanchez. Um, encouraging awards, I'm going to give uh, one to Sonny um, and one to Kane. And um, uh, negative votes, I mean, like negative 5,000 to Arteta, uh, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um yeah, I'm giving five votes to Conte, and oh, I always forget about Conte. But this time, I'm like, no, he needs some, he needs some, <laughs> some points here. Um, and I agree, it did well, set up well, and obviously got the team really well prepared because it, it was the clear game plan of like get it to Son and keep going to Son. Holding's a weakness. Let's exploit that because we just kept going for it. So five for Conte. I'm giving three to Kane because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he. he, he he played how I would hope our sort of, you know, best player would, would play in a derby and a game of that magnitude. Um, two to Son. Uh, I'm giving one to Sanchez. Uh, and I'm giving half uh, half a point each to Bentecourt and Pierre um, because I saw some footage after the game, which they kind of analyzed a bit like them playing together in the middle there. And um, again, I think they don't get much credit for, <laughs> for the work that they do. And I... Th- you know, personally, I, I think that they're not a bad pairing for us to have. Um, and whilst, you know, we can definitely do with another midfielder um, to come in. Like, yeah, I think they, they both played really well. And they're, yeah, I, I, I do like them being in there. Um, negative votes. Yeah, I'm going to give negative uh, 20 to Arteta. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. Like, I would want to punish Holding, but like, he did a good thing for us. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and I just realized my negative 20 votes. Did you give Arteta negative 5,000? 4,000. Negative 4,000. Okay. So my pay was in comparison a little bit, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, yeah, pretty straightforward. The team played really well. It could probably give out points to like, you know, a lot of other players too, like Dyer, you know, um, but yeah, it was, it was really sort of clean cut. Um, what did you have for Burnley? Well, I just want to, before I do my votes, I've just seen, do you have a negative one vote in the middle? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a negative one vote in the middle. Oh, um, what happened there? It was, I, I think I said something that might have like jinxed us against Leicester. Uh, um, okay. And so I was given a negative one. 
for that. <laughs> it, it, it's not me just humbly putting myself in the medal voting and being like, well, I don't want to give myself a positive, but I'll give myself a negative just to be on the <laughs> I list. I just want to be in there. <laughs> um, yeah, it was something I said about Leicester game. Um, and we should comment like on the uh, on the the, uh, the community votes on the Discord. Um, Sammy did give Rob Holding infinity points um, to which, and then it brought up this existential discussion of like, well, infinity is a concept, not a number, but then how does that all work out? And I went down this weird rabbit hole trying to understand infinity, but then there's this other maths video on YouTube, which is like pi equals infinity minus infinity. And then I'm like, no, this is, (laughs) this is above uh, the pay grade, but I'm very glad that uh, I think Marty gave um, gave holding negative infinity so that he does not win the Pittsburgh medal. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of my votes, I'm going to give um, uh, I'm going to give three to Kane uh, because he didn't play great, but that penalty was just ice cold. It was so good. Um, he just so he's so good at them it's unbelievable um and i was worried that after i watched an interview with conte where he was like he doesn't miss and i was like he's gonna miss this one now and he (laughs) didn't it was unreal um i'm gonna give uh i'm gonna do the double because i agree um with you about the bendenker hoibier pairing i'm gonna give them both two um because I think you're totally right. Like they, they together actually do quite a good job and they do exactly what Conte wants. Um, and then I'm going to give one to um, Stephen B who posted um, his Newcastle adjusted Spurs kit in the discord um, with, it looked like gaffer tape to make stripes on it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was absolutely genius. Um, encouragement awards. I'm going to give one to Cess and one to Royale, um, because they probably deserve one for the last game. Um, negative votes. Um, I'm going to give negative three to Ashley Barnes, um, because I like, just shut up. Like he just couldn't (laughs) let it go. Um, and then I'm also going to give, I saw, I think, uh, Spud in SA said that, the Burnley fans were Nazi saluting at the game. So I'm going to give them negative a hundred. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's something I didn't, I didn't know about until afterwards. Um, mm. but it's like, it's like, come on, let's stop this. Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't need to happen. Um, and it's weird as well. Like when it happens in games that when there's not really much riding on it for the, the away team as well, not to then excuse that behavior if it's a heated game, but it's like, there's just no, ex- like, why? Like, why mm. would you do that? It's just, it, it's horrendous behavior. Um, my votes, I'm going to give three to Sessignon, Um, which he could have also got some votes in the Arsenal game for sure. Um, and it's so weird. It, it feels so recent that, like, we were kind of questioning Sessignon and, like, do we sell him? Do we, <laughs> yeah. do, we do this? But um, I know it's something that Windy on the Extra Inch talks about a lot where he's he's got his theory on Sessignon being that whenever he comes back in after being out for a while, he's really bad. But then mm. after a game or two, he gets his confidence back and he starts playing well. Um, mm. And that could be happening. And I think he's been really good um, the last few games. There's still a few things missing from, from what he's doing, but he's definitely looking much better and looking like, all right, well, maybe he can actually have a role for us next season. Um, I'm giving two for Sanchez. Um you know, he's, he's done well in those games. One for Kane for his ice cold pen. Um, mm-hmm. he, he would have got more, but I think he just could have, 
there were one or two other opportunities where I think he just could have maybe tucked one away a bit earlier just to, just to make it a less nervy watch for everyone. Mm. Um, and then encouragement uh, awards to uh, Pierre and Benteke again and Royale. Um, I'm going to give negative 10 to Mike Jackson, Burnley coach. Yeah. Um, don't even know what the scuffle was about, but hey, you knew the league. Settle down a bit, all right? Yeah. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. You've got to learn to stop being emotional. <laughs> I wonder if exactly. maybe Conte was nutting it at him going like, hey, Mike, you got to stop being so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> Um, so give him negative 10 and yeah, negative like 10,000 to the Burnley fans who did that. Mm. Um, I did like that there was a, there was a Burnley fan who I think, um, it was either the Spurs account or the, you know, some sort of Spurs Twitter account with a big following posted something about the Nazi salute. And then there was a Burnley fan who was like, Hey, just want to make it really, really clear. Like we were at the game as well. And we don't approve of this and we think it's disgusting Mm. as well. Um, so I think it's always, it's always good to, you know, remember that even though there are some bad, <laughs> bad people in these groups that not everyone, um, you know, jumps on that. So yeah, I think you just, you know, the technology in stadiums these days, it seems like we could get cameras on them, find out who they are and then ban them and, um, mm. yeah, make it so hopefully we, we have to, you know, we can stop talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can like with the surveillance at the stadium, I'm pretty sure they can just like identify the people that were doing it and then they, yeah, get some kind of ban. I would assume for doing a Nazi salute, you probably are not going to be uh, attending the football again. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And I think as well, it was, it was a pretty bad weekend for this because I'm pretty sure in the Burnley game, a couple of Burnley players were uh, racially abused as well and their family members too. Um, cause I know Tony, in, the, in which game, sorry, the Brentford, the... Game, the Brentford game. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Tony said that his family had been. Yeah. Racially... And then I think, yeah. is it Henry? The other one who also posted something about that? Um, mm. and it's like, just stop, just stop. Yeah. Stop doing this, please. Please. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, well, have we got, we got a couple of questions to, um, yeah, we've got a couple of quick questions um, that have come through on the Discord. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, Hexagon Sun did ask, if we end up in Europa League, should we have a proper go at it? It feels like we haven't put a lot of effort into our last couple of Europe efforts and we've just treated them as a way to try out fringe players. Or should we just focus on the Prem and whatever happens in Europe is cream? Um, I think I'm very much of the opinion Europa League is fun because it's ridiculous, but um, also who cares about it? Like just play youth players in or try shit out. Um, I don't really see the point in suffering through the gigantic schedule that is the Europa league to <laughs> win a trophy that no one cares about. And, you know, you get in the champions league, which is good. But as we've seen from, um, both in the conference league and in the Europa league, you know, like West Ham put a lot of eggs in that basket and then lost, uh, as did Leicester. So, I just think it's too, it's easy to say, yeah, well, we should probably win it. But like, you don't know who you're going to be coming up against at the end um, and what the team's going to be looking like. So no, I would say no. I I agree with that as well. And I think like this question was actually asked before the North London Derby. So this is Mm -hmm. not a, uh, a a pessimistic (laughs) question coming in, Uh, but I would agree if we, if we didn't um, end up in a Champions League spot, um, yeah, I think it's not worth it. And like you said, like mm. it, when you get into the latter stage of the competition, especially with Champions League teams still dropping into it, which I think is ridiculous anyway, 
um, there are good teams that you come up against. Mm. Um, so, and it is very tough to win it. So yeah, I'd say you go for it if you're like a Wolves and you scrape in and then it's like, well, mm. we're not going to really qualify for much in the league anyway. So let's have a crack at it. But if we pivot this question to go Champions League, I think we've already discussed that earlier that, you know, where if we're in Champions League, personally, I'm all up for just focusing on the league and trying to do as well mm. as we can in that. Um, and, you know, Champions League is then a bonus that the players get to play in and sort of have that experience. Yeah. I mean, like, it looks like we're going to be in the Champions League. And if we are, I still want us to, it's not like what I said of the Europa League where we just don't try. Like, I want, I agree with you that we should be focusing on the league primarily, but we still, you know, we're not resting players for the Champions League unless we're, we somehow make it to, you know, the semis or whatever, or the quarters. But in those sta early stages, it's like, eh. like, you know, we're unlikely to make it there, even though we have made it to the final before. But, you know, like a medium effort is what I'm saying. Medium <laughs> effort. Yeah, yeah. And, and to clarify my stance, I'm the same. Like, it's I don't mean we don't go there and not care about it at all, but going into the season with the expectations of if we if we don't make it through the group stage, that's okay as well. Mm. And yeah. we'll give it a go, but that's fine. We don't have to get worked up if we don't do that well in it um, yep. from that. Um, yeah. We got one more question for today, which is Spud in SA um, has asked about uh, have five substitutions been confirmed for next year and uh, how strong is the support for using effective time for games, which I think is in response to uh, changing the clock. So it's not going for 90 minutes. It's going for say 60 minutes or something, but then it's like operating on a stop clock whenever it goes out. Cause we saw this in the Burnley game too, that they started time wasting like 10 minutes into the game. Mm. Um, and it's like, I don't mind. I'd be all up for like a stop clock situation. Um, because if they've done studies and worked out that we're only getting 40, 50 minutes of football being played at the moment anyway, um, I'd be all fine for having that instead of some random, oh, I guess it's five minutes of stoppage time at the end, mm. which just seems to be not even really strictly applied anyway. Um, mm. yeah. And, and in terms of substitutions, I, th I think that five substitutions has been confirmed and I I'm not a fan of it because I think it's just going to like pull more talent to the big teams and suddenly city mm. will go, well, we'll get Ward Prowse and we'll just chuck him on the bench and then bring him on. If we have a set piece in the 89th minute or something like that. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Also, I just, I can't believe like, you know, like the, the injury time uh, in the halves is never reflective of how much time there was uh, in like where there was no game being played. It's always so far out. Um, to, like almost to the point where if you have four minutes injury time, there was actually eight minutes. Um, like it's just ridiculous. Um, and then if you look at other sports like the AFL who stop the clock when the ball is not in play um, and they have 20 minutes a quarter that actually go for half an hour because it's more, it's more of an accurate system. Like I, I think that is a, good way of doing it like it, it just makes it more fair and it, if if you want to get rid of time wasting it's such a good way to do that where it's like well if you're wasting time this clock has stopped so there's no point in rolling around um pretending like you've been shot yeah i i just had a thought on that though teams could still then manipulate it to be like 
to some teams could possibly waste more time to try and take the sting and energy out of certain games. Um, and I think that might be the only concern about it. Then you might have t more teams who set up for like long throws and take like longer in that because um, there's sort of no penalty there. So I wonder if referees would still be trying to get players to move things along. Um, like I think there'd have to be some sort of middle ground where it's like a ref can't go, all right, well, take five minutes and whatever to do what you want. Mm. Um, so it would be interesting to see it tested out and see how, t how teams actually start reacting to it. Yeah. I mean, I think in the AFL you have – 15 or 10 seconds if you've taken a mark or a free kick or if you're taking a shot for goal you get 30 seconds um and as soon as you as soon as that starts the the clock is counting and if you are, are taking too long or whatever it's a free kick against you okay yeah so it would have to be policed it couldn't just be like clock stops so uh, yeah if you boys want to um head down to the shops get yourself a couple of cans of coke <laughs> uh come back and then continue this game that's fine with me <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Well then maybe they could do something like that and then, and then it would be, it would be good. And we'd, st yeah, it'd, be, it'd put an end to any of this in, um, yeah, incentivize time wasting. Mm. Well, um, that, uh, was a very enjoyable, uh, episode for us to do, uh, because, uh, all our dreams came true. <laughs> um, <laughs> our next game is Norwich, uh, which is at 1am on Monday morning, Melbourne time. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And also very nervous. Um, and we will uh, we'll speak to you after then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, let's, let's, uh, we, we can relax a little bit. And I, I do agree. There is that little, that little edge of nervousness coming through. But um, I think, oh my gosh, like being a Spurs fan this week feels a lot better than what it was in the last couple of weeks where I think there's a little bit of that stress has at least been sort of taken out. Oh, totally. And I mean, that's, this is the exciting, you know, how good is it that the final game, there is something about it rather than just seasons over. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're just playing for the sake of playing, which is, that's why you watch football, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.